Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is the perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. Conversation and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. Uh, I want to welcome you back to the show. Uh, sorry about my hiatus for the past two weeks, uh, but unfortunately, I had a family medical emergency that I had to attend to that kept me away. Uh, but we are back, so welcome. It's good to be here. It's actually great to be here, uh, continuing on. And so tonight uh, we'll be talking with our guest, Karen Schoen, and we'll be talking about Common Core, uh, Hillary's email gate, uh, Jeb 2016, uh, the GOP's letter to Iran, and perhaps other topics this evening. So looking forward to that. Uh, and then tonight uh, we'll talk about our guest, is she's a teacher, and she's now been educating people on the web and over radio webs. She's been a dean, a business owner, a realtor, an insurance agent, and ran for the Florida State Representative 
in her district in 2014. She's also spoken for many groups, including Earth Keepers, who we've had uh, their founder here on the show, as well as Global Dispatch and several forums in her area doing her campaign for the Florida representative. Uh, she writes articles for her own website, KarenShone.com, uh, for Agenda21Today.com, and AmericaIsMyName.org, and other web publications. Uh, she also hosts a blog talk radio show called American Freedom Watch Radio, and she also defends conservative politics, especially where it relates to land and water rights, education, and economics. And so we'll first, uh, while we're waiting on our guest uh, for here tonight, uh, let's go ahead and welcome uh, one of our panelists here, Cindy Todd. Thank you very much, Cindy, for coming to the show. How are you? Well, I am doing just fine. How are you doing, Robert? Oh, I'm doing great. Doing great. It's uh, great to be back. Uh, you know, two weeks since I've been able to do the show, uh, but, you know, getting back to it. So I'm pretty uh, pretty excited about that, that I was able to <laughs> to be able to do that. So, and I want to, for all those out there who uh, knows what uh, my, my family's dealing with over the past couple of weeks, I want to thank you for all of your uh, prayers and thoughts and uh, well wishes. I really think that uh it had a positive um effect on on the recovery uh as quickly as it has as it has been um and hopefully will continue to be uh so I want to thank everyone uh for that uh, you know doing that for my myself and my family uh so yes, and you tell us uh, a little bit more uh, about our guest. Um, and then I'm going to go and do some uh, phone screening here for a moment, and uh, you go ahead. Some some what screen? <laughs> Call screening. <laughs> I got to take the oh. calls out. Go ahead. Oh, okay, sorry about that. <laughs> well, that's um, okay. If you'll remember, we had Karen on the show. I guess it was a year, year and a half ago. Um, she um, is very up to stuff on. Agenda 21 and the New World Order and the kind of things that are going on behind the scenes that we don't really get to see um, very much about. Um, But we're coming to that point where we are seeing more. Um, And she, she has agendas, which is, you know, a group of people who are you know, informing people and and, uh, doing research on following certain people as far as what, you know, what are they doing, what are they up to and all that. Um, Gosh, you know, I could go on. And you know me? Yeah, and you know me. I hate to interrupt, but it does appear that our guest is, well, she is. I don't appear. She is because I just spoke with her. Uh, So she's on the line. So let me go ahead and uh, open up her mic. Thank you very much, Karen, uh, for calling to the show tonight. How are you today? Thank you so much for having me on, and thank you for everything that you're doing because this is the most important piece. Uh, The truth and information is what is missing from our lives. So thank you for sharing that. That's really, really wonderful. I appreciate it, and Uh, I see that you've got – some uh, show yourself. We'll talk about that later. Uh, and also, uh, you definitely have your hands on a lot of hats. 
<laughs> yeah, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> yes, I do wear a lot of hats, but that gives me a very distinct advantage to be able to connect the dots, which unfortunately most people, due to the poor quality of our education and the lack of the truth in our history, are now able to do. So by connecting the dots, it makes it easier for people to understand what's going on and why. And you know what, yeah, Karen? Go ahead, Cindy. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry for interrupting. Me. Uh, you know, Karen, nah, you, go ahead. You, have, you have done such a lot of um, uh, research and, and um, uh, investigating, and we just really appreciate you and, and people like you uh, who are trying to get the truth out and uh, I really appreciate that you ran for uh, Florida State Representative. Um, tell me how that went. Well, first of all, I recommend that that's one of the only ways that we'll be able to get our country back, quote, as everybody says, is if we do something. And you can't just fight from the outside. Sometimes you have to be from the inside. Um, I decided to run for state representative because I realized that the people in the state were very ill-informed and being led down a very disastrous path for the state and our country. Um, It was a wonderful experience. I met fantastic people in our district. And I confirmed what I knew all along through my research, which was um, the regulations are strangling our small businesses. Our area, I live in the northern part of Florida. It's a very rural area. And at one time, it was uh, comprised of approximately 3,000 farms. Today, we have less than 300 farms. And that is a very, 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 very serious call um, to what we have faced if things go as I believe they will, which will be food shortages. So one of the things that I did was go around and speak to the farmers. I spoke to the fishermen. I spoke to um, anybody that was in business. And I discovered that the majority of them are have been put out of business because of the over-regulation of the government. And doing digging further, working with a wonderful team of people, our group is called the Agenders. And what that means is we are a loosely knit group of people throughout the country, that share, actually throughout the world, that share information on Agenda 21 so that we know what to look for and that we can alert people as to what happens, what is happening. And um, do you talk you about also, sustainable development? Or should I explain You also have a radio blog show too, right? Yes, I have a radio show and we bring on guests from different parts of the country and we talk about their experiences of Agenda 21 items and issues and solutions because... Um, having a problem without having a solution is not a good idea. So we all know that we have problems. We try to explain them, give a background on them, and then uh, give solutions that we can all use um, so that uh, we can 
bring notice to what's happening to others, share our information, and hopefully stop some of the things from happening. Um, the most important thing that I learned when I was running for office is that the majority of the people are facing the same problems and they don't know what to do about them. The people are together. Um, they are understand they're being misled, don't know what to do about it, but we are butting heads with a large core of people who are being trained in school to only follow the path of the government and for the most part are incapable of thinking. So we have that group that, that feels that the only way they can have answers is through government and government programs. And then we have the other group who are the small businesses entrepreneurial who don't want anything to do with the government. So we have those two groups of people um, simultaneously working against each other in uh, our area and in our country today because that is the way that the, um, well, that's the philosophy that we have in our country today. And yeah. we have two schools of people. And when you go out and you meet them in real life, um, it is uh, quite a crash. But the majority of the people, surprisingly enough, the majority of the Americans are of the vein of, I want to do it myself, I want to fix it myself, I want to have my own business, I want I want, I want for myself. Uh, they are the entrepreneurs. This group is being stifled. And what's happening through all of the illegal immigration programs is that the government, one of the ones that want from the government and only believe in the fact of what the government can offer them and give them, is getting bigger and bloated because of all of the illegal immigrants that we have coming into our country. On top of the fact that all of the social programs that have been created by the uh, current regime, by the Obama administration. So in reality, what I just described is the age-old fight that has not gone away since the 1500s, and it is the fight between those that want to do themselves and those that want the government to do for them or have been promised that the government will do for them. And in Regular terms, we call them the capitalists and the communists or the derivatives of the communists. And this is a fight that has been going on for centuries, for decades, and it's not going to change until the people are educated enough that they understand that the socialist programs, the communist programs, have been tried all over the world for hundreds of years and have never worked. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the biggest problem with them. They they just plain don't work. Um, but the way well, they, they sound, they sound so wonderful to people when they're first coming out and people don't well, know true history. That's right. that's right. And because people, communists don't believe in history because they believe that everything must be outcome-based. They have yeah. to have the plan. They have to know the outcome in advance. Well, there's only one way to do that because most of the things that they do don't fit. 
So in order for them to know exactly the outcome that they want and have that outcome, they have to lie. So the programs are built on lies. They don't make sense. They can't work because they're built on lies. And that's why they never work. The problem that we're facing today is that this is the model that is being taught in the schools. So we now have a two generations of kids who are taught in school, many who are now in our government, who believe that the government is the answer to everything and are perfectly happy um, in the current system of giving everything, you know, of having of living under a communist system where the government controls everything. Yes. Um, now, this is something that's been going on for a long time, Karen. This is not a new. Um, right. This is not a new development. Uh, I, I know. Right. I'm looking here on your article um, timeline of the destruction of America through the education of our children. And it, you have your first entry here at 1896 with John Dewey, um, who enters the scene at that point. Um, would you tell us a little bit about the history and and why why has it taken this long for them to do what they're trying to do? Is there something we need to well, learn from that? Yes, because what they are doing is changing behavior. And it takes generations to change behavior because people are inherently free. And it takes a long time for them to be conditioned to not be free. And you have to set up the right tools. And over the years, John Dewey is called the father of modern education. And what he does is he bases his educational system on training, not education. They believe that the individual is only as good as the work that they can do, and it is the job of the educator to train the child to work, and that the child belongs to the state, and the state is in control of your life, and you are essentially a ward of the state. So they set up systems of socialist programs that will give you your housing, your food, your medical, your, you know, will give you those things. Now, what happens in a society like that is because everybody gets the same. They believe everybody has to have the same, and that's their fairness and equality. Everybody has to have the same, except, of course, of them who has over an abundance because they're taking the money from the masses to give us back mediocre while they live in luxury. So that's really what the setup was, setup is, and that is the reason why the French Revolution was fought. So we can even go back to that part. But basically, what they believe is that the uh, workers, the rich workers, are making too much money, and therefore should be giving back to the poor, to the poor. Now, they give to the poor instead of requiring of the poor so they self-perpetuate a society of dependency. And they do it based on being a victim. Well, you know... Oh, I'm sorry. 
No, that's okay. I, I, I thought you were done. But, oh, I, you know, through the educational system, they perpetuate victimhood. And you are a continual victim. You are always the victim of the evil, capitalist, wealthy, whatever. Uh, they use that on a continual basis. And they put in programs that, what they call fairness and what they call uh to redistribute wealth because the rich are making too much money, and social justice. Social justice is not an American trait. In America, we have equal justice. We have a law, and everybody obeys that law, supposedly. We don't have that anymore. And that is everybody is equal under the eyes of the law, which is supposed to be our constitution. Well, they don't believe in that. They believe that you are equal within a group. So you have a social structure of a group, and then they take one group and they pit it against another group, and that's how they manage the groups. And then eventually they get the groups to go after each other, like we have right now, which is going on with the racism and uh, Ferguson. But what Mm -hmm. people don't understand is that all of this, would never happen if it didn't come through the schools. And that's what John Dewey created. And he created the mechanism so that with government control, you would be able to have the six... What he did was he actually took the model of the uh, assembly line and created people so that they should be an assembly line. So every group of doctors, per se, would do exactly the same thing. Every group of engineers would do exactly the same thing. And they would, there is no thought. It is only, you are only allowed to think of what your government allows you to think. And that's really what totalitarianism is and communism is, and they're all based on the same thing. And, you know, uh, and, and real, whether it's... Real, real quick, Cindy, real, real quick. As, um, yeah, it's just a, for, for Karen, just, it's just a little staticky. Uh, when you're talking, I don't know uh, what, what, what that's from, but I just, I just something I've been noticing. And also, we do have a, some other folks on the line. Uh, I'd like to get in. I, I've got some questions myself, but I want to be able to uh, allow the panel to uh, get questions in as well. Because that's we have Dan on the line, and we also have Kelly. Uh, so we'll be bringing uh, them in shortly. Uh, we'll bring Dan in, and then uh, we'll b- bring Kelly. So we'll we'll have you guys come in in a little bit. Uh, but just wanted to also bring it up about uh, there's sometimes it's either low or, or static. Karen, I apologize for that, but um, I don't know if, if there's anything that you can do on that end. So. Is it? Is it? Oh, maybe I had my hand over something. Okay, is that enough? maybe? <laughs> Yeah, that sounds bad. That sounds bad. Thank you. I think maybe my uh, the phone was too close, and uh, that may have been. Anyway, this was all created around uh, World War One, and in between World War One and World War Two, as this was going on in Europe, and what people also don't understand in Europe is all the monarchies. They were all related. All the kings and the queens and the duchesses and the dukes of all the different countries, they were all related. So they all worked at some point in their lives because they were all related and they intermarried. 
et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then they all believed in this whole idea. And the whole idea was that uh, the people should be out on the farms and working or out in places and working, and they should be paying uh, handsomely to the government, and the people own nothing, and the government owns everything, and the government gives you the things you're necessity. The problem is, in a society like that, there's not a lot left for luxuries, so there's no movement. You can't move because there's never enough money to be able to do that. In America, we were, we were a country that was based on the individual, and the individual through our education, which I challenge anybody to go online and pull down the, edu- the eighth grade test from the early 1900s and take that test or try to. And you will see the difference and the degradation of education because for the most part, most of us can't even read that test. And this was the test that our founders took. This is what our founders did. So when my grandfather said, well, I only had an eighth-grade education, his eighth-grade education was far superior to my college master's degree and almost doctorate. Um, yeah. There was a big difference because our founders said if people are educated, um, they will be intuitive, they will create and think of all of the wonderful things that they can create. The most important thing to our founders was ownership. Once you own something, you took possession of it, it was yours, and you then improved upon it. And that was the basis of human nature. Well, the socialist or whatever we want, socialist, totalitarian, communist, um, you they had to change the minds of the people from being free into one of uh, freely giving or taking or being okay with the fact that the government is taking. And the way that they did that was through the school and the school program. And in between World War One and World War Two, the communists fled Europe because of Hitler. Hitler, people don't realize... Hitler was not just at war with the Jews, he was at war with the communists as well. And they came to America. Mm -hmm. And our um, FBI uh, gave them different identities so no one would know who they were, and they infiltrated our universities and, of course, worked with the best and the brightest. And these families of these people, of which very well documented, you can look it up at any time, um, Bush, he was the grandfather, or the father of George 41, uh, he helped fund Hitler and the war, all of them did, all of the upper elites they did, they were capitalists and they funded both sides of the war, just like we saw Obama doing with Bibi Netanyahu. They were funding his opposition. So this is not a new thing. This has been going on for years and years and years. When, I'm going to do a fast forward. The United Nations was put in place because this crowd believed that through a communist society and communist program, they would be able to create a one-world government with a new world order headed 
by the United Nations. And that is how the United Nations came into being. Now, they believe that the United States should be the head of the United Nations, and that's why we pay so much money. However, we are not. And the communists have now advanced so that the United Nations is very anti-American individualism. And, of course, you know, look at how we are looked at in the world today. We are the world's bullies, and we should be atoning for our sins and paying for every everything. Because it's everything that has happened in the world today is can be traced back to being America's fault. And that's what our kids are learning in school. That's what they come in core. That's what the school programs are teaching. In the 60s, um, John Kennedy died, was, was assassinated. And this is my generation. We became anti-everything. We were anti-government, anti-establishment. We were the generation that hated everything, everyone, and everybody. And John Kennedy, who was our, our guiding light, light in the sun, he was going to help us lift us up and bring prosperity back. Karen, I'm sorry. We're, we're kind of losing you again. I'm, I'm sorry about that. It sounds like we're, you know, we're losing the volume on you again. Okay, let me try that again. It's let me see if I can lift up the volume. Okay. Um, anyway, during that time, right after, uh, part of the problem with Kennedy was the Vietnam War. And we, of course, hated the war. So what the left did, what the communists did, they were very smart. They said, okay, they're ready in the schools, in the universities. Their communist programs are in place, but now they need to train the teachers. So they made the Vietnam War a war of draft and made teaching exempt from the draft. So anybody that went into the teaching profession would not have to go to Vietnam. I can't begin to tell you how many teachers there were. And that is exactly what they wanted because they were now ready with John Dewey's indoctrination program of training the teaching, and they were now ready to train the teachers to go into the classroom and train the kids. And now we, let's say, are up to the 80s. In the late 80s, a woman, a group called the McLeal Foundation, put together the new education program. George Bush 41 was the president, and um, Bill Clinton was the head of the Governor's Association. They in front of the Governors Association, a woman by the name of Shirley McReel made the following statements. The purpose of education is no longer factual. It is a place for children to have values. So now they are no longer teaching fact, they are teaching values. Um, we will replace individualism with collectivism. And we will train our human capital to work. Now, this was modeled after a Russian program called School to Work, of which um, Dwight Eisenhower sent a commission to Russia in the, in the 50s to study the Russian education system. And came, they, when they came back, they came back with the School to Work program. 
Shirley brought it in place during Bush's time. It was called School to Work. And then later on, it was followed by uh, Sustainable America Goals 2000, and that was during Clinton's time. And during Bush's time, it was called uh, No Child Left Behind. And in Obama's time, it's now called Common Core. So it's the same program. Same program from here. With this, I'm going to go ahead and bring in uh, our panelist, Dan. Uh, So he's been uh, waiting on the line. Uh, Thank you very much, Dan, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, Harry, busy. uh, Okay. And uh, really pleased to hear Michonne. How how do I say your name? I'm sorry. I didn't catch the very beginning of the program. Oh, it's Karen Schoen. Schoen. Okay. Well, I, I got the Karen part. Uh, Listen, uh, one question for you before I start uh, spouting off at the mouth. You ran for Florida State Rep, which I think is awesome. I'm right with Cindy on that. How'd you do when you ran? Uh, Surprisingly enough, my opponent had $400,000, which he got from a majority of special interest groups. He refused to debate me, um, so therefore there was very little exposure. However, I got 24% of the vote, and I only collected a little under $10,000. 24% of the vote. Are you running again? I would really hope that somebody else will run. Well, that's but one of the am... best reasons for you to run again, for us to vote for you. I mean, I can't because I'm up here in Pennsylvania, but I don't. one of my litmus tests is somebody who's seeking it, somebody who wants power, and somebody we don't want. Karen, you got 24% of the vote on a shoestring budget against a big guy with no pol- political um, backing at all. 24%, now you've got name recognition. Your name was on the ballot before. I, I think you should run again. Well, I have to think about that. <laughs> Fair um, enough. Uh, right now, if I do, as one of the things that would have to be, I would have to collect money. Um, because no matter... You know, I'm not, I'm not looking at $400,000, but you still have to get a certain amount of advertising. You still have, there are still things that have to be done, of which I did not get done at that time. So we'll see what happens. Advertising um, is important. Um, most important is human capital. I mean, that's, that's how Obama pulled it out in 2008. Yeah. Of course, 2012 was straight vote fraud, I believe. Um, in, in yeah. Philadelphia, Cleveland, and a few other places. but And plus Mitt Romney, really, come on. Um, but the human capital, you figure it this way, if you can get 40 hours of work, one week worth of work out of a person in the one year or so that you have to work leading up to the election, 40 hours, if they're efficient, if they're doing something useful, uh, that's worth an awful lot of money right there. I mean, it's not 10 buck an hour work, uh, regardless well, of what the actual pay is. One of the uh, things that we are doing, which I will be doing, and hopefully you know, I'll, I'll get a flavor from that, um, is we are putting together a petition that we're going to be using in the Florida House to put an amendment on the ballot for our Constitution to eliminate Common Core from the state. Beautiful. And that is my parting gift for Jeff Bush, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. It is criminal if this man becomes uh, the nominee. Um, there are so many of the, the potential candidates who I would say the same thing about. Listen, I, I was 
taking some notes as you were speaking. And since you're talking about Common Core, we we homeschooled our kid uh, up until third grade when she wanted to. Well, until she wanted to go to regular school, and she did, and she excelled, and she's a good kid. And a lot of the other kids are good kids that I coach, and I'm, I know now that they're they're young adults. Um, school education, and and you'll probably remember this. I'm I'm uh, of the same generation, roughly, that you are, baby boomer. Um, and we would always say, boy, you know, I don't even remember what I studied in high school. It doesn't stick when real life has a way of overriding that indoctrination. Right now, everybody is suffering more and more every month, including the people who are on the, the government dole. They ain't living high on the hog. They're sitting on their couch eating cheese puffs, you know, and it's not a really good lifestyle. They can't aspire to anything much. Well, um, I'm going to say, I, I don't think we can hope and I don't think we need to reach and educate everyone, even though we're already way beyond 3%. I, I think we're beyond 10%. As we unify, as we learn to be effective, fighting inside, as you said, outside, doing like the progressives do, not to say that lying is a good thing or communism or statism or whatever it is, but using tried and true political methods, that means inside, outside, top, bottoms, everywhere you can possibly be, uh, for pressure. As we get more effective with that, as we unify, you'll notice, I've noticed, that every single time, without exception, when we do unify, when we fight effectively, the state is back down. And they're not down and out, but they're forced off the field. They have to try their nefarious schemes by slogging through the swamps on the sidelines. Now, understand, my grandfather, similar to what you were saying, he had a sixth-grade education, always bemoaned how he wasn't an educated man, and, and my God, he knew so much more than PhDs do today. But all this, the detail that you're giving, which is fascinating, the history, it's, it's understanding lessons of the past. And I do think that's crucial, especially to the leadership of the liberty movement. But a lesson, I've been a teacher, um, not in school officially, but I've taught lots of people. I teach people on my job. It's one of my joys. And it's not really learned until it's experienced and internalized. You tell somebody something, they can you know, regurgitate it back to you, but until they live it, they get it inside. They really don't know what they're doing. They can't really think their way out of a paper bag. It's not that they're, as you said, incapable of learning. (laughs) They can be educated and quickly. It's that they need home truths, simple home truths. It's the best way to do that, especially with the previously uninformed. And when you think about our legal immigrant forefathers and foremothers who came here, they really didn't know a lot, but they learned quick. And think about when the slaves were freed in this country and how quickly under Reconstruction people who had never even been allowed to learn to read and write, people who had no idea of anything other than the, the, the very simple slave life and mentality that had been beaten into them, not just educated, but literally beaten into them, branded on them, whipped into them, very, very quickly they became business owners, farmers teachers. They they learned and grew because, as you said, it is the natural human condition to be free. I don't think government's the enemy. I, I, you were talking about uh, biz, big business versus uh, the people who are on the dole. I think government is just people, and it's evil people who are controlling our government right now who are the enemy. What the fight really is 
since they don't have the power, if they had the power, we wouldn't be talking right now. We'd be locked up or worse. The, the fight is to disassociate the statists from their unwitting followers. And I'm really glad that they're pushing because the statist lies and their so-called unintended consequences are among the greatest assets to the struggle for liberty. They prove our point every single day. There's not a day goes by that I don't talk to somebody who I've been, been speaking to and speaking to and they're, no, nah, it's not true. No, nah, I don't believe it. And, ah, global warming exists and I can believe the news media. And then Brian Williams happens. And then Hillary Clinton's latest thing happens. And then something else happens. And bit by bit, it just builds up until they realize, you've been telling me the truth all along. I'm, I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a, an ism guy. I'm, I'm a freedom guy, a liberty guy. That means do what you want to do if you're not hurting somebody. That's where we want government if people are hurting each other. Government is a representative of all of us to come in and say, stop hurting. We're going to stop it. We're going to investigate it. We're going to have a fair trial for whoever's accused of it. And then we're going to punish whoever did it if they actually did it. The fight is not between capitalists and communists. It's not since the 1500s. It's much older than that, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. This is, it's an eternal fight between, really as you is. mentioned, uh, kings, royalty and slaves, between those who would rule us and those who will not be ruled. And I'll tell you what, even in the Soviet Union, even in China, if after generations, after 80 years, they still, still couldn't hold everybody under their thumb. There were still people who were willing to fight. And it wasn't outside. It wasn't entirely the pressure that came from Reagan's defense buildup or from uh, you know, the looking at, at the prosperity at the time of Europe that, that made the people in the Soviet bloc countries rise up in a peaceful revolution. It was the yearning from within that they had to be free. They wanted to make their own way. And sure, it was rough for a few years for them, but they really turned it around. And of course, the royals, the status, the czars, they, they weren't about to just uh, give up, so they're sly, and they use every trick in the book. That's one area where we are limited. Uh, we're not permitted to lie or cheat or steal or murder to get our way. And quite frankly, anybody on our side ever does that, I'm going to repudiate them totally because that's the first step towards being on the other side. And those people who mm -hmm. do that, where the end justifies the means, they end up with the French Revolution which becomes terror, which becomes totalitarianism. Only in America, only in America, did we have a revolution, thanks to George Washington and the genius of our other founders, that turned into a peaceful, ongoing, liberty-loving society with lots of, of individuals making lots of mistakes and doing lots of things right. And it worked, but gradually they have, as you've pointed out, suborned and you know, co-opted us away from that. But I think that the worm's about to turn. That pendulum is swinging. It's, it's being held by the slenderest of threads at the far extreme, and the pressure's building for it to swing back. We've just got to be really careful when it does that we don't end up with dictatorship of the left or the right. And I told you well, I was going I, to pontificate. I, I always do, so I'm sorry. Go ahead. Right. No, that's okay. I, <laughs> I have well, Kelly would tell us about that. Go ahead. Uh, oh, yeah, he would. I was going to say, I do happen to agree with you, but 
what we are not filtering in is what our founders did not have. And what we are not filtering in is what is going on in the schools and the brainwashing. Because what the school is supposed to provide you is not the way to do something. It's supposed to provide you the building blocks so that you can make the right choices of the way you want to do something so that you can build upon your success. What's happening with the kids today is they are incapable of making decisions because they are only being taught one way of doing something and they are being, well, through the... uh, the testing, data mining, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and the indoctrination in the books, they are being pushed into one direction, and they are only, in the future, will only be capable of pushing an app. They will not be able, capable of constructing anything. Three times you've used the word capable or incapable, and I have to take extreme issue with that. I hate Common Core as much as you do. And I know from the local experts we have here in Pennsylvania a great deal of how bad it is in detail. But capability, look, I'll give you an example, a simple story. Uh, Among the professions I've had in my uh, five-plus decades on this earth is a car mechanic. I fix and build things. And you would think... In fact, that's the way the schools operate, and it's a it's a good way for the most part that you you want to take a kid who has mechanical aptitude and you want to train him in some basics of tool use, and then you want to or her, and then you want to teach them the um, the theories of how things work inside an internal combustion engine or a suspension system or a coolant system or whatever, and then you want to get them hands on. You want to have them do simple tasks so that they can learn how to use the tools, and this all makes sense, and it takes years. Now, I've taken people who have never, they have no mechanical aptitude that they're aware of, and they have no background, they don't understand a thing about how the car, they put the key in, and they press a pedal and turn the wheel, and that's, if it has a light that comes on, they go running to a mechanic. I have taken people like that, and in the space of a couple of weeks or a month, turned them into, not crackerjack professional mechanics, but people who understand the basics of how the thing works, what can be done, what needs to get done, and they can do an awful lot of the routine stuff themselves. What's more, they don't get ripped off when they go to a professional mechanic who may, some of them are great and some of them aren't, just like any other profession. I believe people are capable, and I believe that somebody who has a shallow understanding of things, and that's all they get in the schools these days, a very shallow understanding, can learn very, very quickly and very, very deeply if it's something that they really want and need to learn and somebody is there to provide them with that. So I'm not giving up hope on these generations of people. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I know lots of people who... Hold on, Dan. Go ahead, Carrie. Oh, I was just going to say I agree with you, and that's the way school should be taught. The sad part is right now that's not what's happening. And those children are not getting the formative years of building the skills to be able to even decipher between an inch and a half an inch or, a, uh, you know, whatever it is that you're needing to do in the, in the mechanical field. Can you educate them? Absolutely. Can you train them? Absolutely. 
But what's happening in our schools today is that they are training the kids to be incapable. That's the problem. So the kids are coming out of school and they have no self-esteem. They have no responsibility. They have nothing except me, I, I at the moment. And everything has to be instant gratification. And there's no depth to what they're thinking because all they're capable of thinking in is a tweet or a bullet point. There's no substance to anything, what they're doing. So in a real-life situation, faced with a real-life tragedy, faced with a real-life whatever, they are incapable of making a decision that might be life-threatening and therefore will be forced to rely on the government, i.e. get in the FEMA truck to go and get to the FEMA camp where you can go and get your food instead of being able to grow your own food or whatever it is that, you know, you need to survive. That's what I'm talking about. We are taking away their ability to make a decision. We are taking away, we are predetermining their destiny because what this group believes is that everything must be outcome-based. Everything. Think about what we do now. We are announcing to our enemy that we are withdrawing on such and such a date. We're giving them the outcome. Mm-hmm. Everything we do is outcome-based. You, When you have a society that is outcome-based, it only works if everybody is running on the same track. So there's no room for growth or deviation. America was a, was a uh, society that if one person invented a glass, 45,000 other people would take that glass, tweak it, turn it, test it, model it, do whatever, and come up with 12 different directions that they can go in with the glass. And then we would choose what was the best one, and then they would move on. We've taken that away from our kids. They don't have that anymore. We are working with them in... um, through psychological manipulation, which is what this is all about. We are training them only to use the part of the brain that deals with emotion. The logic, reason, critical thinking is squashed. Now, can we get get it? it. This is what's wrong. (laughs) But the solutions. Well, there's there's a top-down solution, which is to get you and people like you into government, all right? Especially, you, you understand this. You're not going to be intimidated by them. You're, you're not going to be baffled by their BS, and you're not going to back down at all about what's right. Then there's the bottom-up approach, which means we need to take over every school district. And then of course, the sideways approach, which is something I've been working on a lot here in Pennsylvania, which is I'm not anti-union, but attacking these corrupt unions, taking away their funding sources, making a, with the teachers' unions. If they didn't have the money to keep buying Republican and Democrat politicians and putting them in office with $400,000 budgets, like you said, you ran against, I I guarantee you big parts of who who was uh, contributing to him had to be teachers unions. And I don't even know that. It's just I bet you anything it's true. Um, Take away that. When you give people the choice of freedom or serfdom, they always choose freedom. Very rarely will somebody say, you know what? I would rather have somebody else make my choices for me, Absolutely. decide everything for me, and take everything and give me what they think I ought to have. That's what they're doing now. And that's, that's, but it that's isn't working. Right. That's what they're doing. 
It's and just that's not working. Right. Well, we have to take it back. Are, At this point, are, folks, okay. Well, tell, believe it or not, it's almost oh. the top of the first <laughs> after the first hour, uh, folks. Um, so I do want to go ahead and do two things. One, I do want to bring uh, Kelly in. Uh, and I do want to go ahead and, and spin the uh, the show back to some other topics brought up politicians. So I think that's a good uh, good segue into uh, our next section. Is I definitely want to talk about the few things uh, that have to do with our politicians. And that's namely uh, with Doggle and talking about the get your opinions on, of course, what's been dubbed uh, Hillary's uh, email gate. And then, of course, uh, there's the talk of uh, Jeb in 2016, where I think they're starting to try to gear it up already for those two uh, to be battling it out because they're already trying to compare uh, her dumping of her emails with something that Jeb Bush did. Uh, and I've, I've got some audio clips with that uh, later. And also want to discuss uh, the GOP's letter to Iran now the controversy that is uh, stirring up. So we got a lot to cover, and uh, we'll see in how much time. Uh, usually we go to an extended period, uh, but we don't know if we're going to be able to make that here tonight. Uh, so I want to definitely try to get uh, all these topics in, and we may have to spill over to another show for those. Uh, but I also want to keep things uh, in with what's going on uh, in the media today as well uh, with this, this topic we're discussing now. So at this time, I'm going to go ahead and uh, bring Kelly in, and then, uh, give them some time, and then we'll go ahead and get to our other topics for this evening. Uh, so thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing pretty good. The uh, Got some local issues here in Siskiyou County where the left went right and the right went left. It's bizarre. <laughs> that's anyway, California for you. Well, yeah, I'll test for another time or maybe later, but... Uh, at least the Constitution is being a little bit more respected. All right, so, uh, Karen, I must congratulate you. I did the quick math. Forty-two cents a vote is what you spent. Now, your competitor is like anywhere from, I don't know, 3 to $5 per vote. Um, that tells me that those of principle lean towards you, and if you have more funding, you sway a lot more people. That's kind of cool. So That was true. I agree with you. And... Uh, that was part of the problem. The other part of the problem, of course, is the name recognition. He was a representative before, and he was running under the Republican Party, and I was running as um, an independent with the help of the Libertarian Party. So, oh, wow. I'm a, wow, I'm a, I'm a Libertarian, too. Wonderful. And um, I am very proud of the wonderful people that helped me and the uh, votes that I got, and I thought you're right. I think it it was a very good showing. Um, we'll see what happens. It, uh, you know, it, it is a whole different animal, and what we have to do is, I, you know, what we were talking about before, and what you're going to be talking about in the future. When I speak, I tell everybody there's only three things that matter, and that's money, power, and control. And if you take every issue and you equate it to money, power, and control, then you can figure out exactly what the plan is, exactly what they're going to do, exactly how they're going to do it, exactly why they're going to do it, and what is what is going to happen. And then you can come up with a plan that will counter what they're doing. And that we, be, we tend to get emotional. We can't get emotional. We have to stay factual. Um, and the other thing is that we also have to understand that everything is connected. Everything that's happening today is connected. 
Nothing is happening at random. Everything has a plan, and everything is based on lies. So if we stick to the truth, then that is the answer, and you're right. If we work together, that is the other answer. As far as the school is concerned, there's only two correct answers in the schools, and the first one is get your children out of school, form a co-op school, do everything you possibly can to get your children out of the government indoctrination clinics. Uh, even go back, we need to go back to the one-room schoolhouse and the church schools. Uh, we were very, very, very successful. The only thing they understand is money. So if you keep your kid out of school, they will not get any funding. And that is the real answer to the common core mess. Because if we allow this to continue, then uh, we're going to have a longer time to turn the ship. It's going to be harder and harder well, as these things progress. You also well, well, comment, real, real quick, Karen, Karen, real quick, I just want to make a brief comment. Is that, you know, the common core is creeping into your um into the the private and Catholic schools as well. So I you know, my daughter money. goes to only if they take government mm -hmm. money. You have to stop taking government money. They can't make you do anything if you don't take their money. And when you go to your school district, here's another thing. When you go to your school district, the things that you should be asking are about money because none of their programs ever address money. So is this program an unfunded mandate coming from your state? Yes, it is. Well, how do you expect us to pay for the rest of it? Oh, we're going to have to raise your taxes. Oh, no, you're not. So therefore, you've stopped the program that way. The other way to stop the program is I ask them, how much money have you gotten from the state and the federal government? And you usually get an answer of about 30 to 40% of the budget. And then you say, well, how much does it cost us to implement the programs that we've gotten 30 to 40% for? And usually the answer is between 60 to 70%. So if you didn't get the 30 cents, then you wouldn't have to spend the 70 cents. And if you can get your school boards to understand that, they can say no to the money also because the hook is the money. They're buying our kids. They are, that's what they're doing. And um, that's what leads to the other two issues. And why I'm explaining that is because Jeb Bush and Hillary Clinton are behind this. In the 70s, uh, I'm sorry, in the 90s, um, a man by the name of Mark Tucker wrote a letter to Hillary Clinton, and we call it the Dear Hillary Letter. And in it, Mark Tucker described how they will change the education, how they will recreate the people, how they will manipulate, how they will change the thought process of the people, and how they should be living in a cradle-to-grave educational environment because it takes a village and the children belong to the village. And Jeb Bush, in 2004, uh, signed an agreement with UNESCO to bring Florida into the fold as being the most environmentally friendly and sustainable state in the country as a role model for UNESCO. And he put sustainable development in all of our programs, and he put sustainable development in the school. And for those of you that don't know what sustainable development is, it's a program that is based on the environment. And basically it sets up 
the Hunger Games because you live in a closed environment and your environment is predicated on the industry that is in your community. And that's how you work and that's how you go to school and that's the sustainable development program. And one Return to feudalism. It is. That's exactly what it is. They want to go backwards. And one last thing before I, um, you know, you, before you go to Jeb Bush, this is very important. Um, last two weeks ago, no, I guess it's now a month, in February, uh, the executive vice president of the United Nations Climate Committee in Brussels stated in front of the entire audience that the purpose of the environmental movement is to destroy the Western philosophies of economics and replace it. So it is to bankrupt the capitalists and the West and replace it with a socialist model of Keynesian economics. And this she stated out loud. So this is another thing. Uh, for those of anybody who thinks Jeb Bush is a good guy, please go and look at the things that he has done to the state of Florida. And all of this comes from his union with the United Nations, which was really created a lot by his father. He just continues. They're just continuing the dynasty. And, wow. Um, I'm, That's so really interesting. Not a good guy. Well, did you know that the uh, CPAC... Sorry, Kelly. Uh, yeah, CPAC, um, he came and did a speech, and a bunch of college kids came, and then they applauded. Well, when, when uh, Jeb showed up, a bunch of conservatives just walked out. But these college mm-hmm. kids came in, did a big applause, and then he left the speech. He he left the podium, walked out, and the college kids left too. So you know, well, he it, this is a Romney again. Yeah, he, they he were brought them. Mm-hmm. He brought them there, and the conservatives, you know, they know all of this. We know all of this. We're living proof of these programs and how bad they are and how they have failed. And governor after governor in the state of Florida. Uh, nobody gets any place unless you get Jeb Bush's approval. Yeah. So, well, you know, you know, uh, here's what here's the pitch that's going to come. Well, we don't want Hillary to be president, so we got to have Jeb. All right. Anyway, that's what the Republicans <laughs> will say. But I'm libertarian. I get to bash on both parties. All right. Well, I want to I want to <laughs> discuss with you a little bit about my grandfather's education. He was born in 1901. I listened to him. You know, he was a really good man. And uh, we were born the same day. And, Fishing and it was great, but um, before I do that, I, I want to tell you something. Just kind of want to be up front. Uh, you might you might not like what I'm about to tell you. You might not like this at all because you mentioned that you know there's too many people that wanting stuff want stuff from the government. Well, I actually want a lot of things from the government. I really do. I want them to respect you know like get a warrant before you come on my property. I want due process. I want uh, grand juries to stop be messing with, and I write a petition to affirm. I I want um, government off my back. I want them to respect the Constitution, and if I don't want government's help, I want them to respect that. These are things that I want. You know, a military that's strong enough to keep out foreign invaders. I want that. I want. I want. I want. I want the Constitution respected, where regulations are not excessive. I want regulations to back off. I, my clients are broke from this baloney game. 
endless regulations in the construction industry. I want the government to back off. Is it okay? Are you going to be upset if I want all these things with my government? <laughs> Kelly, we, you, we all we're want that, them. and we will have that. <laughs> Dan, you are our eternal optimist, buddy. <laughs> no, I don't mean that in the sense of, uh, of some vain hope. I mean, we will have that. I want stuff. For example, if I don't want the government's help, I don't want them to shoot me because I don't want their help, which is a <laughs> yeah. recent – in Medford, a guy was shot. He was mentally disturbed. His sister called. He's mentally disturbed. So there was an 18-hour standoff, and in their quest to help him, they ended up shooting him, and he's dead. Um, so please, if I don't want your help, would you – is it okay to – Want you to back off? Yeah. 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 And Cindy, go ahead. I know you had had another question. I'm going to move over to a couple things. Yeah. Well, I I, I want to – I want. I want again. All right. I would like to explain, and I'm sure Karen is fully aware of this, uh, in in thinking about education and how we started out as a country, you know, a lot of homeschooling, a lot of communities started to have township schools which my grandfather talked about, and she called her the school, the school marm. And, uh, they, you know, you walk uphill both ways against the wind, um, you know, in the old <laughs> days, and you got to get a great education. He did just fine. And, uh, <clears throat> but, you know, it was, uh, oh, you graduated from the local township high school. You went before the board. You got approved. Now you're a teacher. That kind of a thing. It was local control. Then it went to county control. Then it went to state. Now it's federal. So have you noticed this progression? Have you noticed what you're thinking on this whole, should local communities, I want, I want again, I want local communities to control their own schooling. Is is it okay to want this? It is absolutely okay to want it, and that's the way it should be, and that is the problem is that we have given our power to people who have stabbed us in the back and have usurped our power. And because we have not paid attention, we have been guided by diversions, um, we're not paying attention to what they are doing. We have given them too much power. And in order to get it back, or as everybody, oh, I want my power back. Well, the real question is, what are you willing to give up in order to get that? What are you willing to do? Are you willing to give up some time? Will you go to county meetings? Will you run for office? Will you send out flyers? Will you sit with your representatives who are being led down the wrong path, often have no idea what they're signing or just told to sign things? Will you work with them? Will you send, you know, there are things that we have a bad habit. We are so busy working that we don't pay attention to what they are doing, and that's our fault. And when people say, how did we get here, like you're saying, the answer is look in the mirror because we're the ones that did this by not paying attention. Um, The day that they took the Constitution out of uh, school and they stopped teaching the Constitution in law school, we should have been screaming instead. Well, I, yeah. it, goes, it goes back to, I want, I want, I want. If you're going to pass the eighth grade, you have to pass a test on the Constitution. I want that. Is it okay yeah, to want? Now you don't. Now 
now you don't. You don't even have to know the Constitution. You don't even have to know the Constitution to be a legislator. You don't have to know uh, right, that's our obvious. laws. You don't have, yeah, you don't have to know our laws. Are, that's our fault. We are the ones, we the people who gave our legislators the power, didn't watch the power that they were taking, and we allowed them to lie to us instead of calling out those lies. We allowed oh, Karen, them Karen. to... Oh my, oh my gosh! I just had I've, I've just been enlightened. Instead of wanting from the government, I should want from the people. I should educate the people and want from them to learn the Constitution, get active, so that our government will satisfy my wants. <laughs> That's right. That's basically it. If the people understood the Constitution, they would never allow this to happen. It, you, so I'm, you I'm, I'm wanting. Are, so I, I, I am wanting in the wrong area. That's my problem. Yeah. I, I should be wanting from the citizenry. That's right. Want that every citizen. Um, the purpose of education and why our founders wanted education is because they felt that an educated public would never allow tyranny because they would be so on top of their government that they would never allow them to have any of the powers other than the 18 powers in the Constitution. And what have we done? We have followed the Russian model of Soviets, which we now call regional councils, same deal. They are unelected bureaucrats who we have allowed them to make rules and regulations and fine us and steal our property. That's our fault. We have allowed that to happen because we have accepted the lies because it's easier. Jesus, and, and Cindy, I know you had a. And Cindy, I know you had another question, and we'll we'll, we'll do that. And then I want to ask our guest about uh, her thoughts on since we brought you know talking more about the the politicians about the GOP senator's letter to uh, Iran. What her thoughts are on that? Uh, go ahead, Cindy. Well, I, I'm just. I'm looking at the whole big picture about what we've had in our news the last, say, 10 years or so, and it just seems like one crisis after another or one scandal after another. And, you know, the the newest scandal of the week is to help us to forget about the last scandal from last week. And nobody will settle down on any one thing and bring these people down they, uh, until we can actually get some people tried for treason or uh, at least get them uh, under the impeachment process or something like that, um, I, I don't see any way to get them out of there because they are so deeply rooted with money from uh, tax now, thanks to good old McCain and Feingold. Um, there's money coming from out of the country. There's all sorts of people who are now um, getting a hold of our politicians with their money. And uh, I think, and this is, you know, I have no, I have nothing to back this up. I believe that there could even be some people who have been physically um, uh, threatened uh, in order to stay on uh, on the program and you know I wouldn't know that until I was actually a congressman and, and had to face it but um, <clears throat> I I, but, I but think Cindy, 
even 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 Common Core is 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 part of what we are all being blinded from with these other scan, scandals. In other words, they're they're blinding us with these other scandals. They're bringing them into the news so that we don't think about Common Core and what our education system is like. So that we don't think about what's going on with our constitution. So that we don't think about uh, Agenda 21 and, and those things. That's what all these little superficial, stupid little scandals are about. Do you agree with me? I agree with you. Well, and another, well another thing you brought, real, real quick before you answer that, Karen, I do want to bring up something you and I talked about uh, on All Fair, Cindy, is you also brought it up about the immigration um, and what just happened yeah. with immigration as well. So yeah, you bring that up yeah. as well because I thought you made a great point in that uh, when we discussed that earlier. Exactly. At Karen, what I had said to him was that all this email stuff and all these other little scandals that have popped up in the last week or so, I believe that it's all come about so that it's a smokescreen so that the GOP will get away with funding amnesty for Obama. And, and those are the things that, that you know, the things that matter are being covered up by the things that don't matter. And it's and it's being done not only by the mainstream media but all the um all the even the so called uh conservative channel, which there isn't really one, but you know, everybody is like playing along with the game. Do you agree with that? I agree with that a hundred percent and what you have described is called the Hegelian dialectic. And what that means is that the crowd can be controlled when you have a crisis, and then they will scream for more control, so that they will scream for the government to end the crisis, and uh, you will get more control. So this is a program, and it requires diversion. So the Hillary scandals are a diversion, you're right. Um Everything else is really a diversion, and what are we not, you're right, what are we not paying attention to? We're not paying attention to our borders. We're not paying attention to the fact that the FBI, the president, the head of the FBI said that there are ISIS cells in every state in the union. Every state in America has ISIS cells in it right now, and that the Ayatollah two weeks ago said it is his goal to fly the Muslim flag over the White House, and he will burn everything. Well, when a crazy lunatic person says something like that, one would think we would pay attention, but we are not. Our borders are still open, and these people are still coming in. In the meantime, what's happening is we are being, uh, we are, what's filling the airwaves is this nonsense with Hillary, which is going to amount to nothing because they're going to bury it, and it's just going to be another one of the Clinton scandals. Um, the anointed so, people... One thing I... I'm sorry? Go ahead, Karen. I so go ahead. Say, no, I was going to make comment. Go ahead. The elite, the elite have already decided who's going to be the president. And that's unless we, the people, can come together with one choice, the same thing that always happens is going to happen. They fill the field up all that we like, we split our vote, and then they put in one that they want, which is Romney, McCain, whatever. That's the way it works. You know, there is a, a one very basic solution to avoid the violence that they plan for us, 
which is to make certain that we have the capacity for violence in return. If we have that capacity, if we refuse to disarm, and so far we are refusing to disarm, every time they're pushing and every way they're pushing, we're pushing back so strongly on that issue. That issue is crucial because provided that we still have that capacity to defend ourselves, they stand to lose far more. Any foreign power or any domestic power that thinks that they can walk into America and just lock all the, the people that don't agree with them up or shoot them is going to have they, – they understand that if they ever open that door, then all bets are off, and there's far more of us. We have almost every single veteran. We have more arms in this country than the rest of the world combined. We have more trained and hunters and veterans and police officers and ordinary citizens who know what the heck they're doing uh, with firearms than every armed force in the entire world put together. We have it here. And if we're forced to, then the people who want to be kings won't be kings. They'll be nothing. They'll be dead. And they know this, which is why they won't. This is why they, they haven't done the, the, the things that people are scared about, the, the FEMA camps and, and the roundups and all the rest of this. They haven't because they don't have the power, because they can't. Now, the moment that they know that there are sufficient numbers of Americans who are completely at their mercy, they will do whatever they want with us, and it's not a, a promising aspect. So what I've been focusing on, in addition to all the other issues, the Common Core is incredibly important, the future of our children, uh, abortion, uh, the, the, the Fourth Amendment, uh, national defense authorization. I mean, the, the list goes on and on, all the scandals and the corruption. But the main thing is, is that if we want to be able to solve this peacefully, the only way we can preserve that liberty, the only way we can have the time to elect people like yourself and others that we've had on this program to, let's say, become a Florida state rep, and in a couple of years, let's say you become a U.S. rep. I mean, we need people like you and, and plenty of other good people around. We have them, the ones who don't want office. We need to get them into office and, and into the presidency. And we need to, to make sure that we have enough time to do that. And the way to do that is just simply to block their plans. And every turn in every fight, block their plans. But the most important one is we must not disarm. As long as we have that capacity, they know they have far more to lose. I mean, what are they going to fight for? What does a thug fight for? He fights for what he wants. And how hard is he going to fight for what he wants when he's faced with somebody who's fighting for what they need? If, if uh, the, the thing that a common thug fears more than anything else is an armed homeowner, because he wants what the homeowner has. He wants it real bad. But there are other places and other times, and hey, as long as he's living, he gets another chance. So if they, if they don't go after us with violence, these status, then they'll still have a chance, and believe me, they'll try to suborn us and corrupt us and lead us down the wrong path. Even if we took back everything in the next couple of years, within a generation, we'd be in a, heading in the wrong path again, and we'd have to clean house again. This is something we've failed to do for generations. Um, but if they push us to the point where I've got to choose between my life and my family's life, between living as slaves and no, there's no choice. There's no choice whatsoever. They're the ones who are going to pay the price, no matter what it costs me. Well, now take away the food. Now what happens? 
Well, I don't think it's going to come to that because, as I said, um, um, okay. we've been we've I been would... blocking their every move. They aren't going door to door. They aren't. They're locking up people on a catch as catch can basis as as they get the opportunity to, but they are not going and taking entire uh, neighborhoods or clearing out entire states. They're not um, going after, I, look, I've got tons of friends uh, in social media and in real life who are really, really subversive to the government uh, that it cons- as it's cons- currently constituated, uh, whatever the word is. That these are staunch patriots and constitutionalists, very peaceful folks. They haven't arrested any of them. Well, no, sorry. They've arrested a few, but they're fighting, and we're not giving up on them. Um, have you uh, followed the story of Terry Trussell, who tried yes, to... Yes, I know. And, I know yeah. Terry very well, yes. Good. Yes, he's a I friend. agree with you. My, my concern is not that, though. My what is your concern? My concern is the weather that we're not paying attention to, the food that will not be able to be planted in the north because the farmers will not have uh, their ground, will not be, um, they won't have enough planting time. And that we missed last year by two weeks. This year we're, I know you you know John Casey, Cindy, I I think you met him. Um, And this is what's going on. I'm hearing from our friends up north. Uh, The farmers are very, very concerned because they're not going to have anything to plant. Now, what happens when there's no food? What happens when ISIS decides to blow up a couple of buildings and there's no food? It is not going to be a single thing. It is going to be a combination of things. What happens when all of these uh, local police departments now have the, the, the Army surplus vehicles? What happens if an EMT we have an EMT. Those are the things that we're not paying attention to. And because our populace is no longer prepared or, as I said before, capable of making decisions, what they are creating is the mob mentality. The people who are not working become their source for the mob. They become their political activists. They become the ones that can be manipulated. And if we think that Ferguson is the last we're going to hear of rioting, I don't think so. Ferguson, to me, was the test. Can we get the people there? Because Ferguson was, uh, what happened in Ferguson did not happen by the people in Ferguson. They were people that yeah, there was you know, documented. Um, they were paid, bought and paid for by uh, George Soros' foundation. Uh, they came from Chicago, and they came to do exactly what they did. The problem uh, with Ferguson, though, the problem was that people stood back and allowed the government to do their protecting for them. Uh, except in a few places where oath keepers stood up and where shopkeepers stood up and where neighbors stood up and nothing happened to their properties. I'm not afraid of a mob. I don't like mobs. I don't like it when people turn into mobs. But I'm not afraid of them because they're easy to sway. You can sway them in one direction. You can sway them back in another direction because it's all raw emotion. Disciplined mm-hmm. people who know what the heck they're – this is why we don't have to worry about converting every single person and educating them all at once – we have over 10% of this country already awake and becoming more capable by the day, and they learn fast. I'm not, I'm not going to give up, and I am worried, oh, as you oh, say, about oh. all of these things happening. But we can 
overcome every one of these things, provided that we have vision of where we want to get to, that far distant shore, and at the same time, we have to be very flexible. That means you have to be willing. And most of my friends, it's amazing, just a few years ago, most of them weren't involved in anything uh, except their own lives. And now uh, they not only know how to cause pain for a corrupt politician, they know how to get people on the ballot and get them elected, they know how to follow legislation, and at the same time, they've been learning how to fix things, how to grow things, and how to shoot. And it's a good feeling to be capable, and I'm glad to help facilitate that in anyone who wants to learn. Those people on the other side, the committed status, the, the royalists, they're our enemies. On the other hand, the, their followers are not our enemies. Their followers are just people who haven't woken up yet. And I'm, I'm helping waking them every single day, and I'm more than willing to welcome them to our side. Once they see the truth, they can't follow the other side anymore. Oh, I agree Cindy, go ahead and uh, yeah, uh, okay, get, real quick, uh, real quick, Karen. Uh, yeah, go ahead and uh, you'll finish that off. And then I know Cindy has the question on uh, Jeb, and then I do want to bring Kelly back in as well. But I also want to let folks know it's, it's already, believe it or not, uh, the bottom uh, going into the second hour. Uh, so we may or may not uh, go into what's called the extended period. It depends on how the conversation goes. Um, if we do, uh, if you'd like to listen into that. Give us a call at 347-945-7428, uh, because if you do not, then it will cut us off, or cut you off, I should say, from hearing the audio, even though you will be able to hear the uh, entirety, the show in its entirety at the archives that, of course, we'd uh, like for you to share with other folks uh, so they can hear the show as well. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Karen, and then Cindy, and then let's bring uh, Kelly back in. And then uh, we'll go from there. Go ahead, Karen. Thank you. No, I was just going to say I agree with you, and I am I am glad that I ran for office because it does give me a lot of hope. Uh, there are wonderful people, and it's going to take a process. We didn't get here in five minutes, and it's not going to go away in five minutes. It's going to be a long process, and hopefully uh, with shows like this and getting a message out and talking to people, uh, more and more we'll get prepared, more and more getting prepared every day. Unfortunately, we're fighting multiple wars on many fronts, and as Cindy said, what we have to learn to do is filter the diversions so that we don't pay attention to things that are insignificant, that we have no control over and cannot have any effect on any change, and Hillary Clinton is one of them. Uh, there is nothing that we can say or do that will change anybody's mind on Hillary Clinton at this moment, and she is a diversion, and she is a huge diversion um, because um, our eyes are being taken off of the important things like um, the border, and to me that is one of the highest priorities, uh, putting pressure on our legislators to get that border closed. And, of course, it will be very interesting to see what happens in June when the ruling on Obamacare comes in. So there are multiple things Mm -hmm. that we can do, and it's wonderful to have shows like this um, where people can get information, get the truth, learn the truth. But the most important thing is to act and do something. And it doesn't matter what you do. You have to do something. 
and quitting, hitting the uh, share button is not enough. <laughs> what we have to do is physically do something. And sometimes that means picking up the phone, calling the legislator, picking up, uh, writing an email, or going to a local meeting because what's going to happen, we're not going to have any control over it except in our local communities and forming a tight-knit local group that is capable, able, and ready is our best um, defense for whatever is going to be coming, whatever disaster happens to be coming. And we live in a world and it's a volatile earth, and there's always going to be some disaster someplace, and we have no way of predicting it. So it's the preparation, and it is, you know, shows like this that create that preparation, which is wonderful. Very good. Can I ask you something then about Jeb, Jeb yeah. Bush? Um, uh, yeah. You know he's he's most likely gonna gonna run. Um, it, that's the way it looks anyway, and it looks like he's already uh, lined up some really big names, um, uh, big money names behind him. And uh, yeah. so I, I'm glad to see that uh, the Koch brothers have uh, gotten behind. Scott, but uh, we'll see what happens to that. Um, but anyway, um, do you see, uh, I'd like you to discuss Jeb Bush and his candidacy and what that would mean for us uh, if he became our president uh, it, is, as it relates to the New World Order, uh, amnesty, Common Core. Uh, do you see any difference uh, at all between him and Democrats or or shall I say, in all the progressives, because uh, uh, GOP leadership and Democrat leadership is is nothing but progressives, as far as I'm concerned. And, the uh, only the only difference that I see is that we will have a stronger military. There will be no other difference in anything else, because he'll follow the same program that his father followed and his brother followed, and his their buddies, the Clintons, followed. And the Obamas are following. They are globalists. They believe in a one-world government with a new world order headed by the United Nations. Their goal is to eliminate the states and create regions following what Nixon created. There are 11 regions in America. Um, They intend to rule by by bureaucracy, not elected officials, and everything he he uh, favors Common Core, which he's making a fortune from. Uh, he favors the elimination of private property, unless you're in his camp. He's not a communist. He's more of a fascist, and the fascists believe that the individual can own something as long as the government has a piece of it. The communists believe that the individual can own nothing and everything belongs to the government. So Jeb is more of a fascist than a communist, but they believe in, uh, look what he did to Florida when he was governor. He brought in all of these horrific programs that we are now suffering with and started the bloating of the state budget. Plus, he was involved in the savings and loan scandal. He owns multiple trusts which he's now trying to get rid of, you know, he's trying to say, oh, I don't know those, I don't know those, which are involved in the theft of private property. So um, he is a successful evil man. (laughs) 
success, the, good, the thing about success is it doesn't know whether it's going to be good or evil. So you can be successful being good, you can be successful being evil, and he's a successful evil man because he does not believe in the individual. He doesn't believe in the strength of the individual. He believes in the strong arm of the government and um, corporate America. That's what they believe. And now, so, let me, now, so much, now, so much say that uh, with, with Hillary dumping the, a lot of the emails, and then we'll, oh, we're going to bring it over to you, Kelly, um, is, you know, Benghazi, they said, oh, she only had one you know, email account, and she did all of her emails through that. And, of course, with her wanting to run in 2016, that uh, perhaps there was something in those emails uh, that um, – you know, kind of pointed towards, you know, her part that she played uh, in the Benghazi scandal. And, of course, that's still a topic that just uh, seems to be, you know, or at least could be an albatross around her neck. Uh, What's your thoughts on that? Who are you speaking with? You, uh, you, Karen. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said Kelly. That's okay. I was going to get your reaction (laughs) on on that. Oh, my my thoughts on that is that she is hiding a lot of a lot of evidence, and we're never going to see it. And the the Congress is impotent, and they're going to make noise, and they're going to investigate. It's going to go no place. How many years have we been investigating Benghazi? I mean, I love Trey Gowdy stamping his feet, but in the meantime, where's the action, honey? There isn't any. Where's the subpoenas? There wasn't any. Years and years, where we sent a letter to the uh, committee and we're waiting for their answer, and that was a year and a half ago. Give me a break. If they wanted to do something, they would do something. This is a diversion, as Cindy said. Hillary is, um, if you go back and you look at her history, she is a socialist who believes that the Clintons are above everything in the world and that she can do no wrong and that she has power beyond expectations and she can do whatever she wants at at her own will. I mean, how can a a woman who advocates uh, women's rights take money from those countries who stone women and treat women like subservient garbage. And to her, it's nothing. It doesn't mean anything. That's her character. So one can see her character. And as far as I'm concerned, she's a liar. Um, As far as I'm concerned, she's a thief. Uh, And I ask when people say, oh, my goodness, well, let's take a look at whatever happened to the $2 billion that went to the Clinton Foundation from Haiti still living in cardboard boxes, and the money never got there. And I know for a fact it never got there. So she's a thief. She's a liar. She's a thief, and and they want her to be our next president. I can hardly wait. What a sad... Mm, gosh, that would be... Sad as Sarah would be. Oh, real quick, uh, uh, just wanted to do a little program note uh, before you, you, you chime in, Kelly. Dan had to a uh, bit of the juice tonight. Uh he wants to say uh, thank you for uh, coming to the show, uh, Karen. Uh, but he had to go. He's, of course, he's 
got his uh, other things he does as well. Uh, and being the panelist here is uh, very busy, as, as you, I'm sure, could have guessed uh, by having him on the show. But he wants to say goodnight to everyone and uh, wish his best to everybody. Uh, and so uh, we want to thank you, Dan, uh, as always, for coming on uh, to the show and being a part of it and contributing. Uh, so go ahead, Kelly. Let's go ahead and bring it over to you. Yeah, right here. I uh, <clears throat> Um, let's see, Jeb Bush, yeah, yeah, Jeb Bush, okay, we need another Bush, you know, um. Yeah, he ain't got a prayer If he gets the nomination, we will have Hillary, go ahead. Yeah, you're right. No, 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 no. Okay, let's, okay, there's always, always a third option, option C, there's always option C. Gary Johnson's running again, I'll get into that uh, a little bit later, but we have, a and B right now, black and white, A and B. Yes, we only have A and B. Thank you very much, A and B. We got the schmuck who is, you know, another Bush. Uh, and we got this Hillary who's under all sorts of scandals, and they cover up the last scandal with the newest scandal, a nice little strategy we got going on there. Except the grand jury, and there's something else I wish I had time for. Something on the inside. All right, anyway, um, let's see. We got Hillary, we got Jeb, we got Hillary, we got Jeb. And, of course, it'll be the classic Lesser of Two Evils, which, oh, you know, oh, fear, 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 Lesser of Two Evils, which, by the way, I know I've said this several times, but it's just still freaking funny. I changed my legal name to Les. That's my nickname, Les. Les, you can call me Les. Lesser of Two Evils. Legal name, I win every time. I'll be president. All right, um... Anyway, okay, so the American people are figuring it out. They are clearly figuring it out. This, no, 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 both of them. So what do we do? We look at Gary Johnson. What's going on with Gary Johnson? Well, he's never, you know, there's never been a third party on the presidential debates, you know, so third party never wins. Well, wait a minute. There's a lawsuit going on over this. The commission on presidential debates, and we had that lady, what's her name? Robert, help me out here. Um... From free and equal? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm not here talking about. Um, oh, my gosh. I have her face in my uh, uh, face in my head, and not the name is. Oh, my gosh. I haven't talked to her for a long yeah. time. Well, I get, we'll I get, get email updates from them all the time. Right. Yeah, we'll, we'll get her we back on. Do, yeah. We need to get her and some people from the legal team of Gary Johnson to tell us what the hell is going on because they're opening this wide open. And if. We have a Gary Johnson, which I'm only slightly a fan of. Ron Paul, like, woo yay. All right, but um, I'm a slight fan of of Gary Johnson, which is way better than the um, Laurel and Hardy. I'm sorry. I mean, Republican and Democrats. But um, did I say Laurel and Hardy? Yeah, they turned the three branches into Larry, Moe, and Curly. Anyway, um, if we get a third party that has physical standing, I mean physical standing, in the president's debate is over. For the Christina Tobin, by the way. <laughs> Christina Tobin, there you go. Yeah, Christina Tobin. Right. So anyway, but that that's kind of an insider information that could be a very real possibility. And this whole duopoly, you know, you got the oligarchy, monopoly, kings, whatever, we got a duopoly here. It could be broken, although there's some really good, excellent... Republicans, 
Um, but anyway, that that's kind of my take on the Hillary jab. Hillary is going to be going down in flames because the grand juries are going to get a hold of. I got insider information on that one. All right, grand juries are going to get a hold of what the hell Hillary's doing, and she's going to go down in flames. And so then, oh goodness, we got we got uh, Jeb Bush, yeah, and you got some lame uh, Democrat they had to throw in at the last minute. Oh wait a minute, there's a third party over here. Whoops, whoops, we didn't see that coming. Anyway. That's kind of my take on the whole thing, if I could be kind of straight up and direct. I'm not as flowery and, and like, nice around the edges as Dan Gray is, but that's just kind of the way I <laughs> call it as a red deck. Hey, guys, I have a theory <laughs> for you. Sure, what, is, what, what, what you got? <laughs> well, you know, uh, in order to get a one-world order going, you also have to, you've got to bring along all those little despots and dictators who want to be in charge of their little corner of the world, and you've got to bring them under submission to the global government. And I think in order to do that, they've got to, they've got to bring us down first um, so that they can use our military and our money uh, in order to go about taking all these little places all over the world. I think they're testing the waters with these little skirmishes with these Islams, and they're waiting to see how much America can do and will be allowed to do by her citizens. Um, uh, We have to go down first so that our resources and military and all can go over there and force that African dictator or that South American dictator or those island dictators or the Muslim dictators, um, the communist dictators. We've got to bring them into the global governance. They unleashed the Muslims on purpose in order to ease them, bring us down, and also to weaken themselves because, you, as you notice, whenever they get to fighting, they really fight more against each other than they do us, <laughs> which is a good thing for us. Uh, but one day, uh, they will one day be stopped, the Muslims will, uh, in a very extremely profound way, probably in a Hiroshima way. Uh, at least I think that's their plan. Um, and they will use whatever means they they have in order to bring down all those little dictators and and bring the whole thing into one one world order. Because right now, you really only have the formerly democratic nations on board. You know, your European countries um, and uh, Canada, Mexico, uh, America. Um, and so, you know, what are you going to do with all those other people that want to rule their own place, you know? It's going to take some kind of military action, I think. What do you think about that possibility? Am I way off base, or is that a possibility? Well, I agree with what you're saying, and I believe it's going to take a military action, but I think the progression is a little bit different. Um, And I can say thank God that Bibi Netanyahu 
retained um, leadership in mm-hmm. Israel, but their first attack is probably going to be, from the way they're spreading out, uh, they're moving into Tunisia, and the next step looks like they're going to be going back to Spain, so they're going to be going through Europe. Notoriously, the communists, I'm, I'm sorry, notoriously the fascists worked with the Muslims, and this has been going on forever, another forever war. Um, the Muslims have one objective. They want to kill anybody that's not a Muslim, period. That's what they want. They tell us on a continual basis, we want you dead. Um, they are working towards that goal. They have a goal of flying. In, 19, in 2005, they had a 10-year plan, and the 10-year plan was to fly the Muslim flag over the White House in 2015. That's this year. Obama has been replacing our military, uh, a higher up in the military, with his Muslim mm-hmm. Brotherhood. He has filled the cabinet with his Muslim Brotherhood friends, and Obama mm-hmm. is Muslim. And as soon as people, you know, you have to realize Obama is Muslim. And it doesn't matter whether Obama says he's not. It doesn't matter whether I say he's not. It doesn't make any difference. Because in the eyes of the Muslim religion, the religion of the father dictates the religion of the child. So in the Muslim religion, because his father is was a Muslim, he is a Muslim. Period. End of story. Um, if you follow the Quran, uh, anybody that leaves the faith would be killed. Would be killed. So he's a Muslim. We may, you know, it, uh, it doesn't matter. He doesn't call them Muslim terrorists. He won't call them Islamic uh, jihadists because once he does that and says they are terrorists, he will be. He could be thrown in jail for aiding and abetting the enemy. So he's never going to do that either. He was going to deliver America. That was his job, was to deliver America, the uh, big mm-hmm. Satan, as opposed to the little Satan. So this is going to get a lot uglier before it gets better. And I just believe that the sweep is going to be through Europe first, and then, of course, there, unless Israel has a firm bond with Jordan and Egypt, which it looks like at this moment, and they do, um, they will be going after Israel. And, of course, the minute Iran gets, uh, finds this pact and starts building their nuclear weapons, um, yeah, they will then the nuke. Go ahead. They will then yeah, what do you think about... Right, and what do you think about the? Uh, and, and we're having kind of a hard time hearing you again. What do you hear? What do you think about the uh, forty-seven GOP senators' uh, letter to Iran? I thought that it was about time that somebody said something. This is not the first time that the um, senators wrote letters to others. Um, I believe it was Obama wrote. A, they wrote a letter about Bush. This is just the first time that noise was made about it because it was a mm-hmm. Republican group that did it. But this goes on all the time. And in reality, this is a good thing because it opens a discourse and people will at least begin to talk. But the disgrace of our Congress and allowing this man, 
to destroy the country is, you know, is only a perfect example of what we have to look forward to with our establishment candidates, and that's the sad part. And there will be more lies and there will be more money, and again, we go back to the same thing. We have to pay attention to what's real. We have to filter out what's not real. We have to share information with our friends. We have to be prepared, and we have to participate. And until we start doing those things, um, nothing is going to change. And unfortunately, in America, we are really great as soon as there's a major disaster. <laughs> well, n- n- who, who would you favor? Uh, of all who's of all who are, are out there, um, who would you favor running for president? Me. I'll give you a mm-hmm. who, who would you who would you have the most fervent support for? Who I would really like to see as president? I'd like to see Donald Trump. Sure. Donald Trump? Yep. He's a businessman. That's interesting. Why would you want to see Donald Trump? Because I know where he stands. He's a businessman. He has a huge success record. He would close the borders. He would protect America. I may not like all of the things that he stands for, but I know that he wouldn't take any crap from anybody. And he has pointed his sights at exactly where the problems are coming from, and that is from China and Russia. So he's not fooled by what's going on. Um, you know, I, I have to agree with you that I think that he, he he's one of the few of those upper echelon uh, financiers who, I mean, he's out and out elite, and yet he does not go along with the New World Order, or at least no. that's that's what he, you know, he exposes that rather than, and you know, Kennedy had, what Kennedy had just started uh, finding out about it, and he also was about to um, yes. reveal uh, what the New World Order was. He was also another man who who would have worked against the New World Order, and I think that's what got him killed. But uh, I think Donald Trump... I'd like to see somebody that's not politically connected overtly, that I know they're politically corrected. I know he's corrupt. I know he's done bad things. I know all of that. He admits it. You know, read my book. This is what I did. This is business. This is the way I conduct my business. I know. You know that. And I just don't believe that he feels that the way to win anything is to destroy America. I just don't right. believe he feels that. And well, he, I, he, I, I he ran briefly in 2012. What happened? Well, he, he what was, do you think I happened? I have no, you know, I don't have any insight or anything like that, but I believe he was misguided. And he went after the birth certificate. If he had pursued it, he would have been right. And I, because the birth certificate is phony, and he could have proved it. So I think he was Mm -hmm. misguided in what he was doing. I he is now having an exploratory committee, and the way that I feel is, he's neither right nor left. He's for America, and right now that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for somebody who says America should be the top banana because we are the best, we are the brightest. And if we get back to the Constitution and minimize our government and get all of these other influences 
stop draining us and destroying us. And he's not in favor of illegal immigration. He's in favor of closing the borders. So I figure all the other ones I know are crooks and liars. <laughs> he's, he is just the least political of the politicians. Like that was, so that was my choice. So 2012, and i got to ask, since we're bringing it up, and, I, and we are kind of winding things down for uh, the live portion of the show, and I know some folks uh, have to go at the top of the hour, so we, we, we may not go uh, into uh, the extended period. If we do, we won't be going in very deep, because uh, we will be going into uh, the extended period in about seven minutes. Uh, so we, we, we may go in there for a little while. But, but now, but beyond Donald Trump 2012, of all the ones you know who debated and things of that nature, who was the one that you liked the best? And from 2012, right? That, who did I like from 2012? Right, other than uh, right, other than Trump, because he really uh, didn't get all that far. I don't even know if he made it to any of the debates. Uh, no, I don't believe so. And who did I like in 2012? That's a tough question. There really wasn't very much. By the time the people that I like were picked off, um, like uh, Michelle Bachman, like Herman Cain, I'm looking for somebody that's not a traditional politician that at least has the the balls to say no. So um, I liked uh, Ron Paul, but I always liked Ron Paul. but, it, you know, with Ron Paul, I also know that he wasn't going to get any place because the deck was stacked against him. So that was a bad part also. You know, I frankly, I wasn't involved with anybody, if you want to know the truth. Uh, there wasn't anybody there that I was excited about. Um, and that was sad. And that's why Mitt Romney lost, because he wasn't the right person. And, you know, oh, well, Oh, we knew that. I mean, uh, you know, when Fox News, you know, starting with Bill O'Reilly, start touting that uh, Romney was, you know, the only one who could beat Obama. I mean, we we knew here, you know, on the show, you know, especially you know m- myself, uh, you know, Cindy Todd, and, and then also you, Kelly. I mean, we knew we knew he we knew Romney was. There was no way Romney could have uh, beat Obama. I knew it. Actually, if he had kept up this. Debates like he did the first debate, he could have won. He, the people were so disgusted with him by the third debate, it wouldn't have made any difference what he did. And he had a he he again had bad advice because they're following traditional advice. And I see that it is on the top of the hour, and I must go. I've been talking, um, lobbying in Tallahassee all day, and I sure. can't even think of more. So. Thank you, guys. No, I totally understand. I really appreciate spending all, as much time with you uh, as you have with us. We appreciate it. And, you know, of course, we'd like to have you again on the show. Uh, you know, keep us posted. Now, of course, you know, you know, my pick for 2012 was uh, Newt Gingrich. Uh, I, I definitely, you know, he would for one, he would have destroyed Obama in the debates. Um, and you know, That's- no matter how many they would have had. No, I got. But I do want to. I'm sorry. But I got stuck on his past because Bill Clinton was allowed to do all of the things that he did because of Newt Gingrich. And Bill Clinton is the one that really brought in the uh, 
Agenda 21 issues, and Newt Gingrich paved the way for him to do it. So I wasn't too crazy about him. Although, again, I am willing to say if you learn the truth and you change your mind and you say I made a mistake, I can understand that. So, you know, as far as that goes, he was a good guy. But I do have to leave and thank you so much for having me on this this evening. It was wonderful. Um, Thank you, Karen. Appreciate you coming. It was. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, and it is always a pleasure to um, share as much information as possible. Everyone, please pay attention. We are hopefully going to be putting together a petition to end Common Core in the state. I'm going to be calling on everybody to help. We have to do it in a relatively short period of time because we will have until February 1 to get 700,000 signatures. So everybody's going to have to help on that one. But I think we can do it. And if we can, it will be an amazing thing. And if we want to get rid of Jeb Bush, this is the way to do it. Hey, Karen, be sure and let me know. Be sure and let me know what we can do here in our county. Our county is a, nice, sure a very nice conservative uh, county, and yes. you'll it's have going some to be getting, It's going to be getting the petitions out because that's going to be the biggest thing. And, and if you know, it, I'm looking at it in three directions. One, it will help. It will help everyone see what the state of Florida thinks of Jeb Bush and his wonderful education program. Uh, number two, we will be able to bypass Congress and get a bill get this communist program out of our legislature because right now they will not do anything because of Jeb Bush. He's still running the state. And number three, anybody that's running for office, tell them this is a this will be a perfect tool for them to get in front of people, to talk to them one on one, um, by getting petitions signed. And people remember that. So if you're running for office it will be a very inexpensive tool for marketing. And we should be looking forward to that also. So thank you so much. And it has been a pleasure. And uh, I will be in touch uh, soon. Okay? Good night. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. You have a good night. Good luck in your endeavors. Well, what we'll go ahead is, uh, you know, folks, uh, it looks like we'll go to uh, the extended period, at least for a short period, uh, short period of time, unless we're going to end the show in the next 90 seconds which I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, so if you'd like to hear the, that part of the show, just give us a call at 347-945-7428, or in about a minute the audio is going to uh, cut out. And if you are in the line, which you do see some, uh, just push the one on your number dial if you'd like to chime in. Uh, but this time uh, I wanted to go to you, Cindy. I know you've got something you've got to do in the morning, so uh, if you could stay, great. Uh, if not, if you got to make some uh, closing comments, of course, I want to open that up to you uh, as well. Uh, are you saying, are, who did you ask, Kelly or, or me? You, you, Cindy, because I know you, we meant, you mentioned earlier that uh, you may have to uh, get a little earlier this evening. Uh, yeah, and so I, I thought uh, if you need to do that, if you've got some parting comments for us this, uh, tonight. Well, uh, I, I just, I, I just, I guess I want to, uh, you know, I've, I've done a lot of research and, uh, uh, and she has kind of, uh, um, Karen has kind of inspired me to do that. And I just wanted to read a couple of things that I found online. Um, she has a lot of it on her websites too. 
she's just all over the place. It's unbelievable. that I don't know how that woman gets done all the stuff that she gets done. I really don't. She's one of those people that uh, <laughs> just has it together, I guess. Anyway, um, there's a guy named Peter Hoagland. He was a Nebraska state senator, and he was a humanist. And he was speaking on the radio in 1983 with a pastor, um, Everett uh, Sullivan, and said, fundamental Bible-believing people do not have the right to indoctrinate their children in their religious beliefs because we, the state, are preparing them for the year 2000 when America will be part of a one-world global society and their children will not fit in. Okay, now, this was wow. in 1983 that he said this. He was expecting them when? to all come down. Huh? He was expecting when was that again? Oh, it was Peter Hoagland, H-O-A-G-L-A-N-D, Nebraska State Senator. Okay, and he said that, he said that by the year 2000, we would be into a one-world global society. I think he was really close to right, because... Um, Maybe he was a, maybe he might have been about ten years premature, but certainly by 2010, we had become so deeply saturated in this global one world order um, agenda 21, um, the the whole you know bringing the world together for good or um, and the they, they brought the the tension between the rich and the poor, uh, they brought that out into a whole new ball ball field. Uh, what we one time at one time called Christendom uh, has taught since the Reformation that we should have freedom of conscience and a right to pursue a dream or a goal without interference from a government body. Nations could be sovereign. A, a man ruled his own castle. You choose your own career. You choose where you live. Um, how many yeah, kids are going to have? I, well, Who's going to represent well, you? Well, I wish I ruled my own castle. <laughs> <Go ahead>. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do now. My daughter says <laughs> I'm the servant. My daughter says I'm the servant. So, no, go ahead. Yeah, well, you know, that's probably true. <laughs> But uh, whoever is um, the least uh, here is going to be greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So you can look at it that way. (laughs) But anyway, with Mm. with the advent of communism... Well, you really said that to me, Cindy? No, go ahead. (laughs) Well, with the advent of communism and the resurgence of Islam, because they they come and they go and they come and they go, you know, children are Mm -hmm. being taught to think in terms of one entity ruling the entire planet. Everyone having the same culture, and and what's hypocritical about that is how multiculturalism is being shoved down our throat by elite academia. These are the very people who actually, ultimately, their goal is to force one culture on us. And, and right. they're well, going to fracture us first, and then they're going to try to melt us together. That's what they're going to try to do. Exactly, exactly. And there's a population management plan. 
some some uh, someone much smarter than you is going to tell you what career you should be educated for, where you're going to live according to that career. And wars are going to be, and you're going to be put on a, in a, in a, uh, a corridor of population. And everybody travels back and forth on this corridor via public transportation. Nobody's going to own their own car or do their own thing. You're going to be totally dependent on the government and government uh, um, uh, government services. The wars going on in the world right now and the ones that have gone in in the past have simply been to determine whose ideology is going to be in charge and the one that would be implanted into the minds of the children. Okay, so who's it going to be? Is it going to be the communists? Is it going to be the the Islamists? Is it going to be uh, just a, a, a very elite, rich, globalist population will control the world? It will be an oligarchy of some sort. And that mm-hmm. oligarchy will be the richest of all people. And the thing is... Nobody else will have any money but them, and they're going to be happy with that. Even though, as a rich person, you could actually make more money if all the people were doing well and and they were buying your product uh, or buying your service, and you you were becoming rich, like everybody buying oil because we're rich enough to travel or go somewhere. We're everybody, um, you know. they can make a lot of money off of us if we have money. And yet they're going to be just as happy not having quite as much money, but they're going to be in total The power. Yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, I don't know if you've seen this going around the Internet or not, um, but it's a prayer request. And it says, there's a lady I've known forever. She's very sick. On top of that, she's been abused by those to whom she has given everything. Just breaks my heart. Seems there's nothing I can do alone. But maybe if we join in and lift her up together, we can heal her. She's well over 200 years old, but way too young to die. Her name is America, and we love her. And they don't even have to convert the whole nation. That's that's the sad thing. That's touching. No, they know that they don't have to convert the whole nation uh, to, to to take over. All they need is another right. state that that will socialize their kids and their young adults who into this uh, globalist thinking. All they need is enough of them that will vote us into a socialist state. The rest of us who don't agree will just be forced into submission uh, by physical means. And uh, basically, that's you know what will will probably end up happening. But she's right when Karen said the treason is on the inside. Um, so we have to do what we have to have to do to get rid of the treasonous, and that is extremely difficult. Extremely difficult. Anyway, I I Kelly. pretty much. Well, no, appreciate it. That was very, uh, very well said, uh, Cindy. We we hope that doesn't come to pass. We we've got the uh, optimism, and and Dan says that uh, 
It won't, but I don't know. I could, I could see where, you know, what you're saying uh, could become a possibility as well, certainly. Certainly. What do you think, Kelly? Oh, there's all sorts of things we talked about tonight, and it's very interesting. It's very good, reaffirming our values and what we're doing politically. Um, let's see. I want to run this by you guys, if I may. This is a writing binge. It's a one page with lots of spaces. Okay. All right. It's titled, I Want from the Government. And, by the way, before I go into this, um, Karen has helped me have a, a swift change of mind to the proper source of how to obtain such liberties I seek. Right. I want from the government. Some of my conservative friends may not like what I'm about to say. I suppose they are flinching at the thought of me wanting from the government, especially holding in mind the world of government entitlements. I want from the government many goodies. What goodies? Well, first of all, stay off my property without a warrant. I want that. If false allegations are drummed up against me by my political opposition, I want that great right of due process. I want trial by jury where I'm able to protect me from an overzealous prosecutor. I want to speak my responsible mind without consequence. I want my petition to a grand jury not blocked by a prosecutor. I want to keep my guns I've bought without some government beep excuse to grab them. I want my lead bullets that California outlawed. I want a military just strong enough to prevent foreign invaders, including the border. I want to keep the money I've earned, meaning don't force me to pay for someone slacking. Most of all, I want the Constitution respected and the Bill of Rights honored, almost worshipped. Is it wrong for me to want these from the government? Is it wrong for me that I want my natural rights respected? In my, in my quest for what I want, I've discovered something. The government is found in in wanting. That's an old English phrase meaning you are deficient. So then appeal to the government for what I want? No. The hope is not, nor has never been in government for their fruition of what I want. I must appeal to the higher source to get what I want. But what is that source? I must appeal to the source that formed the government, to the source that sweats blood and tears in business and labor to pay the taxes of the government they formed. I must to appeal. I must appeal to the source. <clears throat> what then is the source to fulfill what I want? To what source should I appeal? I must appeal to we the people. It is them petitioning the government and voting carefully that I must appeal to, then I will attain what I want. Then we will be prosperous and free together. I want to be free and prosperous, and I believe we the people do too. Stunning how freedom and prosperity are interrelated. These are inalienable. I want we the people to believe in what I want, to come forward to work with me for what I want. Sign. If I am free, you are free, or absolutely equal. If you are free, I am free. Well, did you just write that uh, during our conversation tonight, Kelly? 
Well, she helped me realize I'm appealing to the wrong. That was amazing. It's the people. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I'm yeah. appealing to the wrong source. Government, I want this from you. No, I'm appealing to the wrong source. I have to, I have to appeal to we the people to get what I want, they want, we want. Let's be prosperous and free together. Yeah, you, yeah, and you're absolutely right. And and we we have been um, hanging our, you know, we've been hick, hooking our wagon to the stars rather than the 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 base, the the grassroots, the people who created the thing in the first place, the people who already love mm-hmm. freedom, but they just don't know that they're being bamboozled. Um, and so we need to appeal to them and get them on our side. And you know that that is really not all that hard to do. I I I had a conversation with a very very um I have some relatives that are extremely liberal. I got one relative that was actually one of the Sandinistas down there that was fighting to get communism into El Salvador. I mean, that's how oh bad my he gosh. was. Yeah, he was, he was pretty bad. Um, and even he has now admitted that communism doesn't work. Um, and I have another uh, died in the wool. Man, you should have him come on the show, Sandy. <laughs> well, I can't. We can't find him. We don't know where he is. No. But anyway, well, might be in a pond guy. somewhere. Then I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we say we just don't know. But anyway, um, and then we have an, I have another cousin who comes from a long line of dyed-in-the-wool Democrats um, <clears throat> and uh, very liberal guy. And he is, I just after one conversation with him, I mean, it started out as an argument, but by the time we finished, he could see, he could understand that he understood that I was not, I was not uh, promoting the Republican Party. I was not uh, putting down necessarily the Democrat Party. I was putting down, I was revealing the truth about the people at the top, the leadership in both parties and their agenda Mm -hmm. and how it does not matter whether he's a Democrat and I'm a Republican or I'm a, a Democrat and he's a Republican. It doesn't really matter. They've got us either way, backwards and forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he, I believe that he ended up feeling exactly that same way by the time we stopped talking, um, that we were getting bamboozled by both sides. Uh, and I think that if someone like him can be, uh, you know, dissuaded from believing that, crap that comes out of Washington, then then I think pretty much anybody can. But it's how you go about it, and, and you can't argue with the top of your lungs. You have to get, you can't let the conversation escalate. You you have to make the conversation stay rational and present mm-hmm. facts and, and things that can be backed up um, in history and truth, uh, not just stories that run around the Internet. You know, it has to be stuff you've done your homework on, and you can prove it. And you prove it to them, and then they understand. And Karen's, Karen Schoen's website does just that. I mean, you get on any of her websites, you go to her her blog talk show or whatever, 
and listen to her stuff. And she lays out one um, one source after another, documented sources for what she's talking about and for what she says. And that's what we have to do. We have to be smart. We have to be smarter than the guy we're talking to. We have to have the information in our heads and tell them where they can get the information and look for themselves. And, and, and you know... This is something that has been for years, centuries in the church has been taught to Christians that when you go and you sit under a pastor, you better first check out, you better check out everything you hear that guy say. If you know your Bible and you hear that guy say something that you you cannot recall ever seeing anything like that in the Bible before, you go look it up. You don't trust a man standing in the pulpit. You you go find out whether he's telling you the truth or not according to God's word. And and that's something that we we need to use that mindset in the political arena that don't just go somewhere and say something. Offer the proof, offer the source, offer that bit of history that that proves what you're saying. Offer that legislation. Mm-hmm. That guy, that guy's, you know. As Mark Frasic would say, uh, an authoritative source. <laughs> exactly. He was real big on that. Uh. Exactly. But instead, we just we just mouth off. I mean, I don't know if you're uh, Kelly and 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 Robert. Are you guys uh, in the group? Are you guys in the group called? Republicans, libertarian, uh, Republicans, Democrats, libertarians. Oh, what else does it say on there? Um, it's it's like a, a a clearinghouse of any anybody any of the bank group or something like that on Facebook. Yeah, it, it's not for people that are just one way or another. It's for anybody to come right. on there and talk it out. Well, all I see the liberal people on here doing is when they can't win an argument, they just start name calling. And then Oh yeah, I see that a lot. Yeah. And then after they start name calling, the the conservative guy will get all defensive. But what we have to do is instead of instead of um letting the conversation escalate and, and, and turn into something personal or something completely argumentative just start combating their 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 beliefs or just show why they're wrong and give the and you give the uh, the link or the resource that they can go to a book a magazine a, mm-hmm. a speech um a historical document, anything that it takes uh, to show, a, a scientific study even, you know. Um, but but people just lose their patience, and they don't, they don't know how to argue properly anymore. Back in the days when um, the Constitution was being written, they had heated arguments. Well, did they all walk out of it and say, oh, throw my hands up, forget it, we're just going to go back to being individual states? No, they kept at it, and they kept arguing intelligently until they 
ironed it out, hammered it out, and got something written that everybody uh, could agree was going to be good for our nation. And that's and and they were oratory they were oratory geniuses those guys. We don't know how to put two words together anymore uh, in an intelligent fashion. It's it's unbelievable to me when I read the things that they wrote and the things that they said in their speeches, even the off the cuff stuff. They're they're the intellectual level, the the foundation of of grammar and literature and um, I don't know, just they were just extremely adept in getting someone to understand their point. Um, mm-hmm. And we don't have that. We don't have that anymore. We've been dumbed down in our schools so badly. My English classes were a joke, Robert. Even back when I went to school in the 70s, it was a joke, our English classes. I'm surprised I can even talk on this show today. <laughs> because of how well, I think you're doing well, Cindy. Well, <laughs> I'm certainly not where I should be when I compare myself to the forefathers, uh, I'm a, mm-hmm. an imbecile. Right. I'm, a, I'm a sniveling imbecile. <laughs> so, you know, and I'm not highly educated. I took two and a half years of college, and and I was a physical education major, so you could see that I didn't take anything really brainy out there. So I, I wasn't considered a, a huge brain. I'd tell you where I learned most of what I learned. I increased my, I bet you I increased my IQ by 10 points by simply homeschooling my children because it forced me to learn what I was teaching. And um, and I I wish more people would do it. They they get all afraid and they think they can't do it, but it it really is an awesome thing to do. I would have loved to be able to homeschool my daughter. Just It wasn't feasible, unfortunately. I I would have loved to have done that. Yeah. Probably saving a lot of money. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you still have to pay for books. You you pay for a program. I use a Becca, and that's it's kind of it's one of the most expensive um, things that you can get. And in fact, with Benny, I I even have the DVD set for him so that you know he he learns by video school. Uh, and that you know it's it costs money to do it. Now uh, mm-hmm. it can it can be done cheaper, but I choose to do it that way so that I, he and Joshua both get everything that they need to get, you know. Anyway, that's um, that's my 10 cents worth. And, uh, Kelly, I love what you wrote. I think it's awesome. Well, I know. That was great. I, that was awesome. I, I think you had to post it somewhere so we can share it around. Yeah, and, yeah, definitely send that to me. Email it or, or maybe even more so. uh Put it on uh, some kind of document that we can uh, send out through Facebook and tweet. suppose I ought to, uh, well, I'll send it to Cindy and you, Robert, and if you really like it, you know, go from there, I guess. We'll get it around. Yeah, we could say, I guess, yeah, I could send it out in a, I could send it out in a tweet. I don't tweet, but I'll, I'll put it, it all okay, over okay. Yeah, I don't got, oh, yeah. I don't got a huge following on on Twitter. I got a decent one, it's like two thousand something, but it's <laughs> not nothing huge. But I, I don't even know how how Twitter works. 
I'm I'm totally. No, Twitter's pretty. Fun. Twitter's pretty. It's not too bad. Not too bad. I don't know if my I don't know if my phone will do that anyway. Don't you have to have a smartphone to Twitter? Um, I actually just use Twitter on the computer. I don't really do much tweeting oh. to my cell phone. Oh, okay. Hmm. Well, I have enough to do now. <laughs> I don't need to be anywhere Indeed. else. <laughs> Indeed. Well, definitely, uh, you know, it's good, it's good. I tell you what, it's good to be back on the show. Uh, and then we had a couple-week hiatus, uh, but uh, it is definitely good to be back. I was uh, excited about being able to come back to do a show. I'm st- still working on the, some guests for uh, the upcoming weeks. I'm just waiting uh, to hear from actually a handful of people. Uh, so who knows who we will uh, have on next week. Um, unfortunately, the folks who I did have lined up, I had to postpone uh, and then to reschedule with them. So, of course, they've got to find something that's going to fit into their schedule. But they do want to come back. Uh, you know, they definitely want to come on the show. We just have to find a time that's going to be uh, reconvenient for them uh, with having to rebooking it. And, of course, you know, that just pu- pushed push back a number of weeks of guests that I that I had lined up. But uh, as they come aboard, I'll, yeah, I'll keep you folks posted. All right, and can I just tell you one more thing? To uh, Let me mention some of her websites because she's got some invaluable uh, information here that you can go and just peruse her sites and um, get all this. Yeah, certainly. Um, there's just so much to reap here. All right, it's first one is com, which is K-A-R-E-N-S-C-H-O-E-N.com. Okay, and... and particularly interesting on there is the timeline for the destruction of America through education. That's, it's an awesome piece. Um, then she also has, um, agenda 21 today, um, dot com and America is my name dot org. Okay. Um, those three, I mean, just just those three websites. Well, she's got others, and when you get on there, she, it you know it all. You learn about it all, all that she has on those sites. But anyway, start there, and um, I'm going to be posting some of the stuff that I've got off of there. It's really good. And then some of her speeches are available on KarenShone.com, and uh, her speeches are very well thought out and. Um, pretty detailed, uh, particularly the ones when she was running for state rep. She did a good job with mm-hmm. some of her speeches there. A couple of those are on there. Well, so anyway, if you want to get educated, that's one place you can go. Uh, you know, when we had Rosa um, Rosa Corey on here, and um, so going to Democrats, against agenda21.com is also uh, a very enlightening place to go. And then um, wall builders, all kinds of historic places you can go to get through history. Did you by any chance see that uh, piece of history I posted on your page the other day, Robert? Uh, You know what? Today was the first day, I'll be honest with you, uh, besides a couple of... uh, messages that I sent folks in the past couple of weeks. 
Today was probably the first time I've been on Facebook in about two weeks. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I can't blame you. And and you were doing what you needed to be doing, um, and that's good. Um, but basically, it was a piece um, that somebody wrote about the letter that Jefferson, Jefferson and Adams, I guess, wrote that letter. Hang on. Let me go back here. I can't get my computer to work anymore. Anyway, it was about the the war with Islam. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. uh, Jefferson was saying that he had gone to um, an Islamic ambassador uh, and asked him, why are you guys attacking us in the Mediterranean Sea? Why are you attacking our ships and kidnapping and, uh, you know, uh, all this other stuff that they were doing back then. Um, there was piracy like crazy in the uh, mm-hmm. Mediterranean. And it was mostly the Libyans, I guess it was. Anyway, <clears throat> Tripoli, and, you know, it's fun. It's, it's all about how, and the, the guy that wrote it was, you know, talking about how this is where from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli came from. And um, that that is an awesome document, and you can actually go to the Library of Congress website and view the document where he actually says that that guy told him that it was their duty to uh, attack those ships because the, those ships were run by people who weren't weren't um, Muslim, and they were fair game. Anybody who wasn't a Muslim was fair game. Mm-hmm. Isn't, that, isn't that something? So anyway, you should read mm-hmm. that piece when you get a chance <laughs> to get yeah, back so, on there. Yeah, send it to me if you would. I appreciate it. You said you sent it, it, it to your, uh, it's on your page. I, I, it's on I put it on your I put it on your wall on your on your timeline. No, okay, my personal one or, or Bard's Logic? Yeah, both, both of them. Okay, good. I'll look at Bard's Logic. They'll probably disappear on the other one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's all I had to say, and um, thank you for the show. It was awesome, and um, uh, Karen did well, a good thank job. Thank you. I think so. Kelly. Thanks for bringing, uh, thank you for bringing her on. We still have Kelly right. here, right, Kelly? Uh, Kelly, any here. thoughts? And then, if, uh, uh, any, any thoughts on any of that? Uh, then we can continue on. I'll close things out if need be. Well, I, I want to go ahead and uh, just communicate how I, I'm inspired by Karen, where she ran for office, and you know she's like, "Get out there, get it done. Now, let's take action. Let's make it happen." I'm really inspired mm-hmm. when. I people move to action in the political realm. I, and, and she just, you know, she inspires the good thoughts and, you know, I wrote them down, whatever. But, you know, it's just really simple. Um, gosh, we need people who are willing to step forward and take action. And it's hard to believe that a person could ever get elected. Oh, by the way, it was it three shows ago, four shows ago, that this girl, uh, lady got elected? 
when she was on our show. Um, gosh, what was her name? But she actually got elected to uh, a supervisor. Was it Cincinnati? Um, these are the kind of people you need to encourage, support, be, get behind, um, you know, pray for whatever it takes because it's the rare people who step forward that make a difference. And if we can somehow help them to get into a position of power to defend our liberties, then let's 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 keep at it. And you know, again, Robert, you have a great instrument through your show to help motivate to make what we believe and feel and think become a reality. Yeah, well, definitely. Let's hope so. That's you know, as, as I heard uh, the words "We the People," you know, on the show many times tonight, and that's definitely what uh, Bard's Logic is all about. Is that's why we you know we call it the the grassroots "We the People" show, because that definitely is uh, the focus of um, of the show here. Well, it's evidenced by your action or lack of action, in the sense that you let more people talk than you talk. So that's what uh, that's what it's about. Uh, that's what it's about, Kelly. That's why we like to get all, you know, all you know, all kind of folks on. Uh, you know, all the kind of grassroots folks like tonight with Kelly, and you know, put out there what she's doing. Yeah, that's cool. It's definitely going to take well, a lot of you us, know, you know, everyday folks uh, to, to to get to bring this country back around. Yeah, we yeah. we have to get more people willing to 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 go into action. That's the problem. They're not, there's a lot of people willing to sit and talk about it. A lot of people sitting in front of the news like 24-7, absorbing all this information. Most of it lies, but they're absorbing it, and they're not doing anything with it. They know there's trouble. They're not going out they and doing anything with it. Right. Yeah, they can tell there's trouble. They know there's trouble, but they don't know what to do with it. And it, somehow we have to get people well, because educated it's on how to person, become make it all better. Yeah, yeah. We we have to be able to teach them how to become active. Well, Robert, I'm going to go ahead and go. Certainly. Yeah, me too. And uh, Kelly, I want to thank you uh, for coming in as always. And uh, let's definitely all of us uh, correspond uh, throughout the week uh, off the air. And then as soon as I know anything about the guests, things of that nature, I will let you know. And of course, I want to thank you, the audience, uh, for coming and listening to us tonight, whether you listen to us live or listening now on the archive. Oh, we appreciate it. Of course, we'd also appreciate a couple other things. Of course, uh, share the link out with other people because uh, we'd like to get them uh, motivated as well uh, so we can get them uh, informed and moved to action. So definitely uh, check that out. And also, if you'd like to uh, be a part of the email list, there's two ways of doing it. One is uh, you can click that little follow button here on uh, Blog Talk Radio, and uh, you will get some email updates uh, from uh, Bard's Logic Political Talk, or you can go to the Facebook page for Bard's Logic Political Talk. All you got to do is just go to the search engine and type in Bard's Logic Political Talk, and there you'll find it. Uh, like the page, and also uh, on the page, you can see where it says where the logo is, where it says contact us, and you can t- contact me, the host. And what they'll do is I'll direct you to the contact page in which uh, you can put your email address and be part of the emailing list uh, where I will email uh, links to the show, either prior or afterwards for the archive. 
And that's a way to uh, keep up at least a weekly update of what has been on the show and also with the link that you can listen to and share uh, at your convenience. And so I want to thank everyone again for coming in. And, of course, we'll end tonight, as I do every night, and that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. So good night, folks. Take care. We will see you next time. Looking forward to it. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you.